Stepping in when you're ready. Slowly sinking down. Calming down that breath. Okay. Slowing it down. <laughs> Talk about triggering. I like your uh, your quick pivot from not swearing there, but Norman, I don't have a clue what I'm listening to here. Well, what you're listening to is an ice bath session that I went to about 10 days ago. Why? Well, everybody else is doing it. There's a lot of things being claimed for it. And I thought, well, I'll try it for myself. Rather than throwing rocks from the sidelines, let's just get into it, so to speak. <laughs> and I went down to an eastern suburbs beach in Sydney where they do this um, a couple of times a week. So, Deb, I am crapping myself here. Is that common? Yeah, yeah. That's generally the response that I get when I tell people out and about that I run ice bath sessions. Everyone says, I can't do it. It's way too terrifying. So. And do they stay terrified all the way through or it resolves itself? So generally, that's why we do the breath work first. So the breath work basically takes you from a sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight, flight, stress state. Yeah, I want to run your, away from this ice bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, into your parasympathetic nervous system, which is where you feel more calm. So you're diluting your body. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> you're just helping yourself reframe thoughts and moving out of that adrenaline state where you're feeling super stressed so that then you can get out of the head connect into the body. And meeting me on the bottom of your next exhale. So talk to me about this breath work, Norman, this idea of like kind of gaining control over your breath to kind of handle this incredibly extreme environment. Well, this is the method promoted by a Dutch entrepreneur called Wim Hof, who by the, the way... The iceberg guy. Iceberg guy who goes for half marathons in the Arctic and goes swimming with the icebergs. And he's been promoting this for a long time. He's a worldwide phenomenon. It's huge. Coming to Australia next month, presumably to a sellout event. And he's, he's not a scientist, though, but he sort of pioneered this and then it, it's sort of taken off and people are then sciencing it after the fact. In many ways, although there's, a, there's science before this. I mean, they've been studying cold immersion for decades now. I mean, the original studies were in downed pilots in the North Sea in wartime. I'm not, when, if not in the original studies, then certainly very early on. So that's why a lot of the, this research is actually military but Wim Hof has popularised it. And the, the beginning of the Wim Hof method is breath work, where you just kind of relax yourself. It's a bit of mindfulness, focusing on your breathing. And it's a good thing because your breathing is what goes a bit out of control when you go into the bath. Hold. Two. Three. Out. Two. OK, so I'm so super stressed, so let's make it worse. What's the worst thing that's happened to somebody who's come to one of your workshops? They've got tingly fingers and toes. Tingly. Pretty serious. All right. Okay. I think I can cope with that. I thought you said bad things would happen, Norman. I wouldn't categorise tingly fingers as being that bad. No, no, it's not. But worse things could happen, potentially, um, although with a two-minute immersion, which is what they keep it strictly to, the risk is low. But we spoke to Mike Tipton, so Professor Mike Tipton at the University of Portsmouth, and he's a world authority on cold immersion and what happens. We're a tropical animal. We want to be naked in air at 28 degrees Celsius, which is where what most people are booking for their holiday. So if you take that tropical animal, air breathing, and you drop it into water, it's a pretty serious stress and stimulus. And we respond to that with a, a sympathetic-driven, nervous system-driven fight-or-flight response. When you put the face into the water, you get a parasympathetic, the opposite arm of the autonomic nervous system, which is trying to slow everything down. It's an oxygen-conserving response. But as far as the heart's concerned, when you've got the whole body in the water, including the face or the face being splashed, you've got two inputs. You've got one trying to accelerate the heart and make it beat harder, 
the sympathetic fight or flight cold shock response, and you've got one trying to slow it and decrease the strength of contraction. And those two inputs conflict. And that's when you see, particularly after breath holding, a cardiac arrhythmia. So people can have a heart attack if the cold is too intense or it goes on for too long. If it goes on for too long. Interestingly, the ice bath phenomenon with responsible people like Deb doing it, they do not immerse your face. You just go in up to your neck because there is this difference when you do that. The thought is that for people who are doing a, you know, extended cold water swimming and with the face underneath, the gasping that you get can cause you to inhale water and you can get cardiac strain and cardiac arrest. So this is in a bit more controlled environment. So, okay, you could have a heart attack. <laughs> If you don't do it right, it's tingly, it's not nice. We all want to be naked at 28 degrees. That's what stood out for me just now. What are the purported health benefits or what's the attraction here? It depends. There are some people who believe that when you've had a heavy training session, that going into an ice bath improves muscle recovery and maybe muscle growth. That's controversial and there's not there's contradictory evidence on that. Some people believe it settles down your immune system and reduces inflammation, which is where the living younger, longer idea comes from. That's the Wim Hof notion. And then some people do it just simply for the psychological benefit. They are scared, like me. They meet a challenge and they conquer the challenge. I believe I've been told that once you're actually in that situation, you don't have time to think about anything else in life. So it comes with those thoughts that you kind of live with every day. So just want to see what that kind of experience is all about. I think it's a mental challenge, firstly. And then, I don't know, it seems to just make you happier. Quite simple, really. <laughs> so there is a rush element to it. What about other mental health benefits? Well, the, the gloating... Response, I mean, the bragging don't response. Well, yeah, don't that's underestimate right. the power of gloating. Well, this is like an extended brag on the health report. Um, <laughs> you you get this rush and this stress, and you you get out of it, and you do feel more alive and happy after having done it. So what people are experiencing is a non-exercising way, i.e., a thermal drive rather than a metabolic drive, that releases a lot of stress hormones. You may have experienced this uh, as well, Norman. You know, you get quite anxious about it. Anxious about it? I was shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> so stress hormones, is that a good thing then? Well, yeah, if it's limited and it's not over an extended period. I've talked about, you know, this supposed immune improvements, inflammation, muscle recovery, all of which are a bit controversial as to whether or not they actually occur. But I also asked Mike about uh, the danger side. On the danger side, we have a lot of evidence, good quality science telling us about the risks. The beneficial side is still largely anecdotal evidence. That's still evidence, but it needs to be followed up with definitive studies. So I can't wait any longer. This is it. No, I think it's your turn. So what do I do? To... Deep breath. Well, nothing could be more definitive, Norman, than you doing it yourself. We haven't actually talked about what the experience was like for you yet. What was going through your head as you were about to lower yourself into the ice bath. Don't do it. Don't do it, was the main thing that's going through my head. Um, I, I was interested in what the experience would uh, elucidate, but you just don't know what you're going to feel like and experience when you go through it. So here's what it was a bit like. Stepping in when you're ready. So at this point, I'm gasping and breathing quite heavily. So we're just going to slow that breath down, breathing in through the nose and out. 
and I could feel my heart slowing down at the same time as it wanted to speed up, which is the autonomic conflict that Mike Tipton talked about. Do you feel like you're regaining a sense of control through this? Slowly. So it's starting to feel a bit better by now. But now I've got a piece of camera. Well, I can't pretend that it's not cold. It is freezing. Not quite as freezing as you think, though. Are you joking? <laughs> that was my next door neighbour in the next bucket. <laughs> Are you halfway through already, Norman? I don't know what you were talking about. This is going very fast for me. And it's probably the longest two minutes of my life. Thank goodness for that. So then you run into the ocean to warm up? You do, paradoxically, yeah. And, um, did it feel warm? It did. It felt very warm. But I must say, look, my, my reflection of it is that when we talked to the people who came along, nobody was coming for the putated physical effects. Almost everybody we spoke to, in fact, if not everybody, were coming for the psychological benefits. And, you know, and I must say, you know, I suppose it's a bit like bungee jumping. You go into it and you, you get this rush. Um, probably there's some benefit, who knows, from the ice itself. And having done it, you feel better for having done it. You certainly feel more alive and tingled. It was exhilarating. I actually feel so much better after doing that. So it was just like you couldn't think of anything else while you were doing it. It was like that constant, like, concentration of trying to survive for those two minutes. So, yeah, it was an experience. I loved it. If I can be comfortable in the uncomfortable for two minutes out of my whole day, in the ice, I try to take that mindset into other things. For someone who's an overthinker as well, which I think is me, being in the ice forces me into feeling rather than thinking because you have to feel because it's cold. Did you take that with you throughout the day as well, Norman? Did you kind of feel like energised for the rest of the day? Well, if not the rest of the next couple of hours, felt pretty good, yeah. You get a bit habituated to it, I think, once you do it repeatedly. But nonetheless, I don't think I met anybody who really liked the two minutes in the, in the ice bath. It was the before and after that they liked. I feel like I'm not loving it as much <laughs> as you. you just got to calm that breath down. And, and again, I, I tried to, with Mike Tipton to explore what might be the motivation for this. Certainly in high-income countries, we've become so comfortable you know, we've got air conditioning, we've got heating, we've got it in the car, we've got it in the office, we've got it in the home. And we've become what I would call thermostatic. Uh, we hardly ever change our, our temperature. And yet you need to challenge these systems in order to maintain their functionality. Everybody knows that about the musculoskeletal system, use it or lose it. They're just different ways of just perturbing the system and not remaining comfortable. I'm more likely to want to do hot yoga than an ice bath, personally. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, on the health report, we do explore this theme of stressing your metabolism through intermittent fasting or high-intensity interval training, where your body is stressed in a safe kind of way and responds well. So who knows whether this is part of that. Okay, so if we are wanting to challenge ourselves in a safe way, what kind of safety things are we talking about? Well, I think you do do it in a class that's supervised. You don't do it by yourself at home. And out. Just focus on my voice, focus on the breath. You can do I think probably the breath work is good for you because it does relax you and get you into a frame of mind. You need to do it with somebody who's sensible and strictly limits the time you're in and you don't get any machismo happening where we're going to plunge in and stick our head under. Sticking your head under is really not a good idea because the first 
thing that you get is a gasp. And so if your head's under, you're gasping and you could be swallowing water. So just being sensible about it, doing with somebody who knows what they're doing. And if you've got a cardiac problem, you really do need to talk to your GP before you do it. And, um, and that's probably basically it. You know, realise that this is um, a stressful activity. I mean, you wouldn't go out buy a pair of running shoes and, and the first thing you do is a marathon. Do you have to do this, though, to be healthy? Like, isn't there some kind of nice, even keel, happy medium? Yeah, you go out and do a run, exercise, eat modestly, have frugal days, maybe even do a bit of intermittent fasting. There's lots of ways to do this. You don't have to do ice baths, but for some people, it actually you know, turns them on. Let's give them a cheer, guys. Let's give them some love. Cheer you get a rush of dopamine and serotonin when you jump out of the bath. Um, and you just feel Thank God really that's over. happy. <laughs> you forget about the experience and you come back the next time. <laughs> right, so it's having triumphed over adversity. Yeah, so it really helps you change your relationship with stress. Next four, ready please. Ten, nine, eight. So are you going to do it again? <laughs> Not immediately, no. I oh, go I'll, on. I don't think I'll hold off, but um, <laughs> I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be so scared next time. I know what, I know what I'm going to experience. Well, you put your body on the line for science. For that, we applaud you, Norman. Yeah, and I think Deb's right. It does change your relationship with stress a little bit when you go through that acute stressful situation, which is probably why people do bungee jumping and other things as well. And I suspect this is a lot safer than bungee jumping. <laughs> You'll have to do that and compare the pair. Then you can really have an opinion no. about it. <laughs> Slowly sinking down. Calming down that breath. <sighs> okay. Slowing it down. <laughs> So all I can say to you, and just repeat, do not do this at home by yourself. And if you've got heart disease, probably don't do it at all, just to be wise. And have you been wearing a scarf ever since? <laughs> Hasn't ever quite recovered from the cold? That's right. We used to call it in Glasgow, chittery bite. In Glasgow, actually, funny enough, we used to go down to the beach in summer and it was like cold weather. And you'd put up a windbreaker, you'd be wearing a thick jumper and you'd go into the water and swim and come back and have hot soup. So you know, maybe it's Oh, here you are telling us you're a novice, but actually you've been training yeah, for this since childhood. Hardened from childhood, absolutely. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.